This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Jill McCann, Assistant Editor of Health IT Security. Electronic medical records and electronic health records are essential tools that allow the electronic storage and maintenance of patient records, including things like test results, medical history, and overall quality of care. Since protected health information is so valuable to threat actors, HHS recently released a threat brief outlining the significant security risks associated with EMRs. To discuss these EMR security risks, as well as the process of adopting a cloud-based versus in-house EHR EMR system, Today, we're speaking with Salwa Rafi, Global Managing Director for Healthcare Security at Accenture Security. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Jill, and I'm very happy to be here. So as healthcare data breaches continue to increase, threat actors are targeting EMRs with phishing attacks, ransomware, all of that stuff. So what makes EMR such a valuable target to hackers? Well, that's a great question, Jill. You know, EMRs carry, and the same for EHRs, carry significant amount of information, very sensitive information, clinical, medical, genomics, financial information. You know, we put everything in the EMRs, the family history, social determinants of health, all of our lifestyle, nutrition. So it is not much more beyond a typical financial, like a credit card information, as you know, Healthcare data is very valuable. Some people would value that as over 10 times the value of a credit card. Frankly, I think it should be more. And there is a vested interest from cyber hackers to get their hands on these PHI or PII, personally identifiable information, for all of these good reasons. And your security analysts, as an example, will look at the dark web and see what's being bought and sold of these health records you would find a big chunk of it coming from EMRs and EHRs. And, you know, the definition of an electronic healthcare record right now is very vast because we get the data from different sources, not just from a patient visit at the hospital, but also from our Fitbits, from our iWatches, you know, sending ECG, EKG data, vitals, everything that you do. So it has all of that 24-7 movement and your vitals being part of the EMRs. Definitely. So taking all that into account, cloud-based EMRs could offer a scalable, cost-effective alternative to in-house systems. So what are some of the most significant similarities and differences between cloud-based and in-house EHR and EMR systems, and maybe some of the benefits and downfalls of both of those? You know, very interesting because traditionally, as you mentioned, it used to be in-house or it used to be on-prem for most of the hospitals. Now we are seeing the movement of everything, all of these applications moving to the cloud and on different cloud instances at the same time. So, you know, there are pros. I see the immediate pros of really having a cloud platform. Hospitals have no capacity these days to focus on the IT operations, the hardware, the investment, which is huge, or even having things like in a data center Everything now is moving into the large cloud providers uh, like the Google, the Amazon, the Azure, and, and others. And the benefit is that these cloud platforms come with embedded control systems, um, secure, and it has the management of the applications. It has the load balancing of all of the apps associated with the EMRs. So really, it is much more cost effective. The ROI is much higher for the healthcare providers market. 
to use the cloud instances. You know, I don't see the downside here because maintaining it in-house has been a tremendous effort, keeping the developers, keeping the costs associated with the firmware. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is not the core business of the hospitals. They really want to focus on the patient care, spending time looking at the literature and doing innovation with their data. They don't want to be bothered with the IT security infrastructure uh, issues, which are overly complex. So I think moving everything to the cloud is a very great solution. And we're going to see more and more of this migration as we progress through the year. Definitely. So it seems like adopting cloud technology can really help hospitals and health systems get back to their primary goal of helping patients. Absolutely. Um, so along with adopting cloud technology, what are some other ways in which healthcare organizations can mitigate EMR security risks? Oh, there are many other ways that any hospital or healthcare system, frankly, can mitigate cyber attacks, ransomware. And this is by a few simple steps. First of all, having a very well-defined security strategy as an enterprise strategy. You know, security is not part of IT anymore. It is really part of an enterprise business operations. Any organization should have a well-defined and crisp strategy when it comes to their own security and cybersecurity and physical security as well. The second thing is the basic security hygiene for all the users, the vendors, the contractors, the clinical staff, and everybody who is touching the IT systems within a hospital should have the basic hygiene. And, you know, it's not a one and done task. It has to be an ongoing basis, training and retraining on a continuous basis. It's an ongoing task here. And the third aspect that I really see as important is the identity and access management. You know, the role-based approach of who can have access to what at the right time. So three factors. It doesn't matter even if it's a nurse or a doctor, do they have the right to see the patient data, this particular set at the right time or not? So the privileged account and credentials is very critical into defining and limiting the exposure. And we're talking about both security and privacy. Definitely. So a well-defined security strategy that kind of encompasses culture of cybersecurity, technical safeguards, administrative safeguards, yes, all of that. Um, so how can healthcare organizations, going back to the cloud element, how can they ensure that their cloud service providers and third-party vendors are also following the strict data security and privacy standards that the enterprise has set up for itself as required by HIPAA? So we get these questions every single day. A good way to start is having an assessment like an assessment of the organization cloud security setup, and especially it is a hybrid cloud environment these days. It's not just one instance. So multi-cloud environment, we do the assessment and the organization would find out immediately after this project, their gaps, the vulnerabilities, and sometimes the controls that they can take advantage of free of charge within their Amazon or Azure or Google. So this is the basic thing, and it's very insightful to look at the results of this assessment and design a roadmap based on that to close all the gaps, especially the critical ones. So what we are seeing here, Jill, is misconfiguration, and you believe it or not, this is the number one problem when companies move their data and apps to the cloud platform. 
is really misconfiguration. Of course, it is complex to move and every cloud environment has its own set of configuration. So this is the number one that we are seeing when working with our clients. Fixing that is going to provide enormous security and the right role for the right people on these apps and data. Definitely. So you touched on those misconfiguration challenges. How else can organizations kind of navigate that process of cloud adoption without sacrificing security? And how do they have to change their infrastructure to enable those new technologies? That's a fantastic question. I would always think that the organization should start with a good architect. A good architecture within any organization that is IT savvy or IT enabled has to put the more agile, smart, and secure infrastructure that would enable a good combination of hybrid cloud on-prem because some many, many organizations still have tons of on-prem data and applications and what to do with each one of them, the workload. Do we need network segmentation as an example for medical devices or not? And how to categorize all of these medical devices? It's really going not just one level down, it's really three, four levels down of an architecture to make sure that it is scalable because things happen all the time. Hospitals need tons of other applications. They do change over time. So it has to be scalable. It has to be cost-effective as well. And it has to be accessible to the right people. So architecture is important. And then making the decision of which cloud platform to move which applications to. Because not all apps would work on all cloud instances. So we need to find the optimization part for our apps and data. Also implementing measures around data privacy, which is, you know, a a certain different from data security. Data privacy is is the role-based and who has access to what and what do they do with this access. So all of these factors has to be part of the strategy that we talked about. Definitely. And how is industry-wide cloud adoption transforming healthcare as more and more organizations are moving their data to the cloud? How is that changing the business overall? It is changing the business tremendously. And uh, I always like to say that, you know, healthcare is a conservative industry. We are lagging behind in our adoption of technology. If you look at retail or financial services, the banking industry, as an example, has, you know, let frog all of that 10 years ago. We are still catching up from a healthcare industry perspective. So we are, as a result of the pandemic uh, over the past two years, we are seeing lots of changes, lots of expedited and accelerated transformation within our organizations here, whether payers, providers, or public health systems. The adoption has increased. The migration to the cloud and securely has increased as well. So we are trying to catch up. Having the remote services like telemedicine and telehealth has become a norm now. It wasn't like that two years ago, if you remember. Uh, Now everybody is working either remote or hybrid format. And I, I think this is one of the trends happening in 2022 and beyond, is that these remote workloads, remote access to physicians and consultations is going to be here to stay. Definitely. So can you kind of walk me through what you view the future of this solution with cloud-based EMR systems and maybe some of the main challenges with implementation for healthcare organizations? Yeah. You know, the advantages from both sides of the hospital systems and from the EMR vendors 
the deployment is going to be so much easier. So imagine an EMR system that is residing on Azure or Google or Amazon, and then they can deploy that very quickly to um, all the hospitals that they are eager to apply that. So that would be a very easy deployment. It used to be two, three years. I don't know if you remember two, three years as an example to just deploy different modules of any EMR system. Now it, it, it happens instantly within a hospital system. The advantage, of course, from a hospital is that they have access from day one to their patient flow, to their workload. They can organize their scheduling part. They can organize the inpatient and the outpatient workflow and workload. And also what each of the clinicians and the clinical staff would do when they look at the lab reports, all of the diagnostic tools. It's just very much revolutionary. Definitely. And as you said, it enables smooth operations and workflows. How else does cloud-based EMR systems enable health data sharing and interoperability, which is a big goal for the whole healthcare industry? Oh, interoperability has been an issue for the past, I don't know, only 20, 30 years. (laughs) We've been struggling with this interoperability, but you are right about that. When the EMR systems moved into the cloud, we are having more like standardized platforms that it's much more than just data lakes. We can put all of the and store all of the patient data, clinical financial insights onto these platforms that provide analytics and provide privacy for the patients. And imagine it's not just a one healthcare system that can have the data there. You know, the cloud instances would have data from global healthcare systems, from hundreds of hospitals that would carry millions of patient data there. Of course, anonymized and everything, but the amount of insights and then the use of AI and machine learning so that all of us can learn more about the diseases, about the factors impacting our diagnosis, our treatment plans, because what works for me as an example, as a patient might not work for you because we have different family history, we have different genomics. Again, this is truly the definition of a personalized health medicine. Definitely. So based on these current trends, do you see cloud adoption in healthcare continuing to skyrocket? And if that does happen, will it fundamentally change how organizations craft their security architectures? Absolutely. I see it continuing to grow exponentially, and this will also change how we think about cybersecurity and patient data. And frankly, I always, when I speak to my clients, is that if we we are not using the apps, if we're not storing our data appropriately in these cloud instances, they are still, they can be a target of cyber attacks. And we have seen these part of the cloud providers being attacked as victims. So, and imagine this is an easy target now for hackers if they attack cloud X, the platform, it's, they have immediate access to everything. So it is really imperative that we migrate securely. It's not just a lift and shift. And sometimes it is a misconception. It's like, yeah, let me just migrate to Google. And it's a very easy task. It really has to be done thoughtfully. It has to be done by architects and security specialists. And, you know, security has to be there from day one. You know, we, we talk about the security being baked in as opposed to being bolted on. It is the same, it applies to the application lifecycle, it applies to migration to cloud, it applies to the manufacturing and the design of medical devices. 
everything. So security is also changing with these new models of transformation. And what advice would you give to organizations looking to move in that direction and adopt these technologies? Just to have an evaluation first of which platform will be best suited for the hospital. There are different degrees of hospitals from community hospitals all the way to tertiary care hospitals or global campuses or sometimes university hospitals and research institutes. So I would advise the C-level clients to think about the strategy for cloud and how to embed security into it, how to do the choices of the platform, which apps would be needed, how to store the data and provide the privacy, um, making sure that we are always compliant with HIPAA and more and GDPR and all of the privacy regulations around the world. So having the strategy is a mandate from day one. And from that, we can draw a master roadmap that would really converge our vision as an organization, what, how we see ourselves in the next two years, in the next five years, in the next 10 years as an entity serving patients. And how would that converge with the technology, with the security and the right apps and the right EMR systems? Right. So it seems like they really must have a strategy and a game plan with how to move forward with their security in a way that doesn't interrupt patient care workflows in the process. Absolutely. Do you have any other tips for organizations to mitigate EMR security risks and protect patient data? Definitely. We always say that we have to be on guard all the time. And I'm sure you've seen the recent publications that came from DHS and CISA about the shields up. I always think that security is never done. We have to remain vigilant all the time. We have to have an incident response plan and a crisis management plan and a business continuity strategy so that if or when a hospital gets hit by a cyber attack, they know what to do. And it's rehearsed so many times that is really a muscle memory. And we talk about that as an integrated and inclusive business continuity plan. It includes all departments of a hospital. It includes all stakeholders. Every single person is a stakeholder in the business continuity plan. It includes HR, marketing, clinical staff, operations, IT. Everybody has to know what to do. And we shouldn't forget about the manual workaround because you know sometimes restoring the data after a cyber attack, sometimes it takes weeks or months. So we need to know how to keep serving our patients and how to keep the operations happening to serve and provide medical services. Definitely. We often talk about technology as a security solution, but it seems like employee training and incident response plans and practicing those incident response plans are really essential to securing the business overall. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, some hospitals would prefer to have everything managed by other vendors, security, like as managed services, because they don't have the staff. And, you know, it's a different topic when we talk about the talent and what's happening in our workforce these days. But it is a very complex procedure to manage all of these security operations, if you have a SOC or not. So sometimes managed services would be an answer to a hospital setting so that they can delegate this responsibility to other trusted partners. Awesome. Well, thank you, Salwa, for joining us. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed the conversation. And for our listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at jmckeon at That's J-M-C-K-E-O-N 
at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts or to suggest stories you'd like us to consider covering in the future. And please head over to Apple Podcasts to give us five stars and a positive review if you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.